Welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week I'm joined by Mayor Jimmy Harris. He's the Madison County Mayor. Thank you for joining us. Today. Glad to be here. So, uh, Mayor Harris, where are you from? Well, originally I, I grew up in Henderson County um, on a farm mm-hmm. out in, a, as we say, out in the backside of nowhere. Yeah, uh, like so. If we're near, Le- is it near Lexington? I guess everything's kind of near Lexington. It's about seven or eight miles southwest of Lexington. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Just a little farm boy. Yeah, and, and now you've been Madison County Mayor since 2007. 2007, So between correct. farm boy and mayor of Madison County, <laughs> there's a lot of miles trod between there. But So kind of give us that picture. Well, after gradu- I graduated from high school in Lexington, then I went to uh, what was then Memphis State University, mm-hmm. uh, now University of Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, and graduated from there in December of 72, I'll tell my age now. Yeah, uh, with an engineering degree, right? Manufacturing uh, technology, in- okay. industrial technology. Okay. Um, at the time, uh, my uh, former wife's family was in business in Lexington. Her mother was in the funeral home business, which I didn't want anything to do with. So, <laughs> so uh, very early back, I put in a little business, an ice cream shop, um, huh. was my... Uh, ex-wife and I uh, bought into a florist and so she was running that and I was helping there and so I started uh, working at the funeral home helping wash cars dig graves you name it mm-hmm. so I kind of got in tune with the the funeral home business yeah and um, so after about a year or a year and a half I became a funeral director an undertaker and um, so I did that uh, for about seven years but in the meantime we I've always um, been really interested in business, so mm-hmm. did the ice cream shop was the first venture, and then the florist, and then um, another fellow and I put a little monument company in in Lexington. And um, you fast forward, I uh, bought into a cemetery. Um, this is all in the '70s now. Okay. Late '70s, another fellow and I put a men's clothing store in there. And question, I mean, did funeral directors just get paid really well? Like, or because I mean, that's a lot of investments to make in, in a decade. Yeah, but you got to understand, all of these are very, they're small businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they were the typical small business. The ice cream shop, you know, I had one part time employee and myself, and I didn't work in it full time. Yeah. Um, and the, the other businesses, other than the clothing business, I had a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked some, I worked some, we had some part time help. And so, I just I love business always have yeah uh, did that through the seventies uh, was divorced in nineteen eighty uh, moved out of Lexington to um, uh, Memphis worked uh, in sales with a trucking company around in most of West Tennessee actually lived in Jackson for about a year and then back to Lexington uh, nineteen eighty four uh, I quit the trucking company to put in another business another fellow and I put a little trailer manufacturing company together to manufacture boat trailers, uh, golf cart trailers, and things like that. Hmm. So did that about a year and a half or two, and um, then my partner and I, we just decided we were not going to be, we were not going to work, work well together, <laughs> so offered a buy or sell proposition to him, and he bought it, which surprised me. But So I went to work for a local industry that was just starting. Uh, first time I've used my degree uh, but I, but I was the uh, uh, shipping warehousing uh, parts uh, 
manager there. So I helped set up the plant. This was plant, not in operation. And so I did that, set the warehouse up, the shipping and receiving functions, the aftermarket parts. And I determined after about a year or so that, you know, day in and day out working inside a plant, that's just not for me. So in 1986, um, I worked for the Winfield Dunn campaign. He ran for governor. He had been governor from 70 to 74. Then there was Ray Blanton, uh, who was governor. Uh, but anyway, if you fast forward, that I worked in that campaign. I was the West Tennessee field rep for the campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, who is now my partner, Jimmy Wallace, was the volunteer political coordinator. So we worked that campaign for six, oh, about eight months, and all around West Tennessee. We lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallace was in the real estate business here and had been for a number of years, and so I started working for him uh, February of 87, I believe. Uh, And there again, I was working with him in the real estate business, but we put another business in, and that was, uh, it's it's called Double Drive-Through Hamburger Place called Elrod's. And so we had that, and we had another partner in that that was operating partner, and so... It's, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but we opened up one here. We opened up one in South Jackson. We bought half the franchise organization. And so we franchised one in Dyersburg. We built some in Mississippi. And hamburger business was really good, and then it was really bad. Mm. And so we we uh, we sold out probably about 1992 or so uh, and continue, had continued to get more into business the real estate business with Wallace mm-hmm. uh, and made some investments in real estate. Um, in 95, yet another venture, Wallace and I and another fellow went into the outdoor advertising business, the billboard business. Uh-huh. Um, and the the other fellow was the operating partner there. Um, we did that a couple of years. Company came along, wanted to buy us. We sold it. Uh, <laughs> We were also involved with Wallace and I uh, originally with the the establishment of Arrington Funeral Home, okay, uh, yeah. University Parkway. Yeah, Bob Campbell was a good friend of mine. Yeah, yep. Um, so that's um, I, I guess from that point, from 1987 to today, the only thing that's been ab- consistent in my life, I've been in the real estate business. Yeah. Still in the real estate business. Yeah. Uh, but if you back up to the 80s, when I was in Lexington, I ran for the city board there. Was elected in 1980. Four. So was that the first dip into politics? It was the first dip. I had worked in campaigns mm-hmm. and helped other people prior to that. Uh, and then two, uh, served for two years, ran again, was elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, served two years and then ran for mayor of Lexington in 1987. Uh, was defeated, mm-hmm. which is probably one of the best defeats I've ever had because if, if not for that, my life would have taken a different turn yeah. than it did. So yeah. I've been in business here now about, what, 30 31 years yeah. uh, and but have been always involved in uh, politics and mm-hmm. especially Republican politics I, I, I mean I've been a Republican all my life because yeah. my parents were mm-hmm. and so we started trying to build a Republican party in the early 90s and uh, help with a lot of county commission campaigns and different campaigns and mm-hmm. you know I'm proud to say today that at least in our county uh, Republicans now hold 18 of the 25 commission seats. And in 1990, when we started this process, a Republican didn't hold any office. And now 
Republicans hold all countywide offices wow. in Madison County. So yeah. we've we've come a long been way. effective. Come yeah. come a long way. So for now, there's a lot of people who would think someone who's clearly so business leaning and and I'm assuming pretty good at it because you sold a couple of them at least. I don't know. I don't know how they yeah, all clo- ended. closed a couple, sold a couple. Yeah. And <laughs> um, but so what was the what was the draw to politics then? Because a lot of times those two things are very very different. Well, you know, as I said, I ran in the 80s city board and ran for mayor of Lexington and, and then continued to be actively involved in in campaigns and elections and things like that. And so when Jerry Gist, he was the county mayor, mm-hmm. decided he was going to run for city mayor, uh, then uh, Wallace and I talked about it and I had an interest in being mayor. And so I was appointed to the mayor's spot, effective oh. July the 1st of 07, when Mayor Gist was elected as city mayor and he resigned. Interesting. And so the county commission appointed me to serve until the next general election, gotcha. which was that actually, right. actually it was February of 08. You remember that date? Oh, I was at Union Well, for February of 08. I, that date, uh, I, I worked the VFW post uh, or poll my wife and nephews and all were working other polls, and I stood out at VFW till about 6:45, post close at seven, mm-hmm. and it started thunder and lightning so bad I was just afraid to stay out any longer. That's when Ben, my son, our own Dumplings restaurant, we were going to gather at his restaurant to watch election results. Mm-hmm. So I get to the restaurant about 7:15, and it's it's really stormy, and. Uh, then about 7.30, I get a call from Marty Clements, the EMA director. Tornado hit. We were opening the emergency operations center. And at the time, that was in the basement of the uh, police department. So that we knew we had tornadoes that hit out of Huntersville, hit Union. We knew we had students that were uh, pinned in. And so I found out I've won the election, I think, about 10.30, 11 o'clock that night when my fi- wife finally got through because... We were out at Union. We were out at Denmark, just trying to Huntersville, rather, to kind of see what was going on. And yeah. so that was a that was a, a very challenging night and day for our community. Yeah, yeah, uh, up and down kind of thing for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was it was uh, it's it's kind of one of those things. We never had a celebration because you know the next uh, uh, well the probably the next six days I was in the emergency operations center. 10 to 12, 14 hours a day, but just because we had all, you know, we had so much destruction, we had people killed. Yeah. Uh, and so there was just a lot of things to do. Yeah. We, uh, uh, as soon as my parents got down here, I, I left town. So yeah. I, I wasn't around for a lot of the, the reconstruction, but, um, but then, because we had an ice storm not too long after that. Or at least my part of the world did, and I'm from Southern Illinois, so we had an ice storm, and I think it got, maybe it didn't get all the way down here. We have had ice storms. I can't remember if we did then. I yeah. know we had one in the early 90s that, I mean, just crippled everything around yeah. for several days. But, uh, yeah, that was a very traumatic thing. Of course, you know, our area, we had a tornado in two, uh, 1999 that killed about eight or nine people down in the south part of the hmm. county. Uh, and then 2003, we had uh, a tornado hit downtown mm-hmm. uh, that, it actually destroyed our church, St. Luke's, and a lot of things downtown. And then 2008, 2010, we had a flood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another 
there was another incident I can't remember. But anyway, you know, we've we've had our disasters around here. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of the business side and the the, the professional side of your life. Now you mentioned uh, you mentioned Ben, uh, uh-huh. and and Ben has been a guest on this podcast. Um, and what about the rest of your family? Well, I have three children. Marcy, who is uh, has the pop box company, the and, internet. And she's been company. a guest here as yep. well. Uh, and Marcy lives in, actually it's Redwood City, California. It's just adjacent to San Francisco. Um, and Ben lives here. Uh, he's married, has two two children who are most precious things in the world, Gavin <laughs> and Riley. Uh, and they have a younger daughter, Alex, who's 27. Um, four dogs and two horses. How far do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, so, and, and Alex graduated from Ole Miss, and then um, I had told all my kids, you know, you get through school, you got a few years that you're not tied down. If you've got a wild uh-huh. hair, you need to go do it. Well, she's the only one that really took me up, and so <laughs> she, the first job she had was in uh, the Bahamas working on a dive boat that she and I had been on, a scuba diving boat. Wow. And, uh, did that for about a year, met a boy, um, then they moved to New Zealand for a couple of years. Uh, they got married over there last year, and then they moved to Fiji. They've been in Fiji for about a year and a half. Wow. Uh, and uh, actually are right now in the Baham- back in the Bahamas interviewing for a, uh, a job down there at a very interesting school that's in, uh, on Eleuthera Island. So yeah. anyway, I've got a wonderful family. Yeah. What is um, what are some of what do you do when you're not um, when you're not being mayor? I mean, you're you're always mayor, but when you're not when you're not in the <laughs> office and you're not um, doing your real estate business, like what are what's the hobbies that Mayor Harris enjoys? Well, the the main hobby I have that I thoroughly enjoy that I don't have enough time to to really do as much as I want, but I, I got into flying many years ago, and so. I uh, have an interest in a small plane, and, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what I love to do. Ben, my son, and my grandson go to Oshkosh, Wisconsin every year, end of July, to uh, FAA Air Venture. It's a, a week-long show for that week. The uh, control tower at Oshkosh, Wisconsin, is the busiest uh, control tower in the world. Huh. Uh, there's give or take 11 to 14,000 airplanes in and out of there in a week. Wow. And so... I'm excited about this year because uh, my granddaughter is going as well as my grandson. And so it's a fun time. It's four or five days. It's just us, and it's we can obsess over airplanes. So that's that's what I really, really enjoy doing. Yeah. I, I used to do a lot of hunting, fishing, which I love to do, uh, but you have to have time to do all those things. Yeah. And that's that's I guess that's the... That's the one trade-off about being in this office is mm-hmm. that uh, the time to... To, well, just do things. Uh, you know, it's like I love working in the yard, mowing, weeding, you know, things like that. And I don't have to I, I hire somebody to do that now. I don't have time yeah. to do it. But anyway, that's my that's my enjoyment is is flying. And the other thing that people might not uh, <laughs> would, would be interesting that I feel like I've got to ask is because usually I think in most rooms that I'm in that you're in, you're usually the best dressed man in the room. <laughs> Maybe you haven't looked very hard, <laughs> Jason. Well, uh, you know, I I, uh, I don't like to wear 
coats and ties. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I probably, some of our uh, citizens would probably say, you know, they'd like to see me dress up a little more. But, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, I, I just dress casually. I mean, yeah. mainly khakis and, you know, golf shirt or something like that. Uh, but maybe maybe there's that shadow of owning uh, a men's clothing store. Yeah, that was fun, and and actually, that is a uh, kind of when that when interest in clothes kind of perked up. Believe it or not, now remember this was 1979, and then the big deal then was Izod. You know the shirts with the little alligator. Okay, yeah. Okay, that was really big. As a matter uh-huh. of fact. When we went to market first time for our clothing, uh, we didn't know if they were going to sell clothes to us because we weren't known enough. I mean, it was a mm-hmm. new store and it was a small order, but they sold us uh, shirts. They would only sell us golf shirts to start with uh, or polo shirts. We got them in in less than three weeks. We sold out. Yeah. So we reordered. It took us about four weeks to get the order in we sold out and so that's kind of was the hot thing then mm. and so I guess that's kind of when I got interested in you know I guess what I look like <laughs> <laughs> um, well let's head into the first break and we'll come back and talk more about the the, uh, the governmental side of things okay. so so from uh, from our front porch to yours this is our Jackson home And welcome back to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week I'm joined by Jimmy Harris. He's the Madison County Mayor. Uh, so, you know, the, the title of mayor is, is, is there's, there's two in the area, right? So right. What, um, what does the daily life of the mayor of Madison County look like? Well, it mostly looks different every day. Mm-hmm. Um, typical, I mean, this morning I start out with a meeting at 8 o'clock with the college president's uh, 10 o'clock we had a uh, excess resale property committee meeting 11 o'clock we had an audit committee meeting and so it's a lot of meetings uh, the county commission I mean we have 25 county commissioners and the the county is structured and operates strictly under state law um, um, as ver- versus the city the city of Jackson has its charter Okay. Now, they have to comply with state law, but yeah. but the city has a whole lot more flexibility with their government in the sense that, that they can put in various um, uh, things in their charter so that, but what we have to do, if we want to do something different than what's specifically specified in state law that a county can do, we have to get a private act passed to the le- legislature. Interesting. And so these rules are the same across all the counties, yeah. I'm guessing. There, there's 95 counties. There's 95 county mayors. I can't tell you how many cities there are, but there are, yeah. you know, there are there are cities in every county. I mean, we have, believe it or not, we have uh, three incorporated cities in Madison County. Jackson, Three Way, and, and Meaden. Meaden, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, the, and, and you've, you look over at Gibson County, I mean, there's one county mayor. But, but there's, then there's Humboldt yeah. and Milan and Trenton and I don't know. I mean, Which they're a much more spread out area, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes it, I assume, just a completely different animal. And and, and the, the function of the city mayor is totally different than the function of the county mayor. The city mayor is a very uh, powerful position. Now, that's by design. You know, the city used to operate under a, what's called a commission form of government. And there were three people. And I'll get this wrong, but there was... 
there was the commissioner of health or commissioner of public works, maybe commissioner of education, and I believe mayor. Yeah, mayor. Mm-hmm. So those were the three. There was no city council. Those three people made all the decisions for the city of Jackson. In 1989, I believe, uh, that form of government changed. Uh, It may have been challenged in court, but I'm not totally sure as far as representation, but it changed to the council form of government. So in order to form that government, a new government, in essence, is what they did. Mm -hmm. They had to come up with a new charter. Mm -hmm. And the people in the late 80s determined the best way is to have a strong mayor council form of government Mm -hmm. and so uh, for example the city mayor hires and fires the police chief the fire chief the director of parks and recreation and on and on and on Mm -hmm. the county mayor i don't hire and fire anybody in the sense of department heads okay okay? we have what we call and it's traditionally called uh, constitutional offices now mine is a constitutional office by the state of tennessee as is the trustee, the county clerk, the circuit court clerk, the um, a register of deeds, the trustee, those, those, all of those people are elected just like I am mm-hmm. by the vote of the people of Madison County. And so they operate, they, they have their responsibility. Just take, for example, John Newman is a trustee. Mm-hmm. And John Newman and the trustee is charged with handling all the money for Madison County. Every dollar that comes into Madison County goes through his office mm-hmm. uh, and, is, and is accounted for there. And it's a big job. It, I mean, you know, he handles, give or take, probably about $170 million a year. Mm-hmm. So, but he is elected by the people. Yeah. Now, our, our when I say our, Madison County's uh, involvement in John Newman's office is that we... Um, allocate money to the operation of his office Mm -hmm. but that's all we do because now we provide him a place now that's not i mean that's just something that's understood we provide him an office Mm -hmm. in the courthouse but he's he's allocated money and he goes through the budget committee and makes requests and so on and so forth but bottom line is that john newman decides how that money is spent he's going to he tells the the uh, as do all the office holders. They tell the budget committee, "This is salaries. This is office supplies. This is dot to dot." But the bottom line is, he is full decision making over that office. As is um, um, Fred Birmingham, who's county clerk. That's where you go get your tags and business license. Same way, we allocate the money. He's got his job. So versus vo- they're voted in by the, the people. By the so people. the only thing the commission could do would be to affect their budget exactly and 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 i mean one little caveat and that is that if if somebody comes in a a, a office holder and requests let's just pick a number they request five hundred thousand dollars to operate this office Mm -hmm. and the budget committee county says no we're not giving you that much we're going to give you four hundred thousand and and the county commissions can say that Mm -hmm. and they pass the budget but that office holder can also sue the county through Chancery Court, to justify, to say, I need $500,000. Wow. Then you go to court, and the, the that office holder says why they need that money to operate that, and the county says why you don't, and the judge decides. Wow. So has that happened? That happened. Tenure? That happened. Either was happening or just happened when I took office. And the circuit court clerk at the time, 
uh, did not agree with the budget that was allocated to her office, and she took uh, the county to court. Wow. Yeah. And that she, seems and, like a super, And she got more money, too. Well, it seems that's such a fascinating and almost seems to me dysfunctional way of running an organization, but that's kind of how the system's set up. Well, it is. And, and you know, is is our county was organized, I believe it was in 1822. Mm-hmm. Um, City of Jackson wasn't here, so somebody plopped a city in the middle of our county. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is, it gets uh, amusing sometimes because I will, when I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm running for re-election this year. Um, and I, there have been times in the past in elections that I've run through a campaign, and I would talk to somebody who lives in the city of Jackson that would say, you know, I'd really like to vote for you, but I don't live in the county. And, <laughs> Well, anybody that lives in the city lives in the county, yeah. and so there there are some um, there there are some overlaps and, and duplication of services, but not as much as you would think. Yeah. So I have so many questions. Uh, but, okay, so, I'll try not to be so long winded. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a super fascinating process. Like I don't think anybody on the most people on the street would never think that that would be how that system works. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about someone like a, and this is more of a bigger, broader question, but like city court clerk, to me, and maybe this is just because when it, the documents were written, that doesn't seem like something that would be an elected position. I can't tell you how these positions became elected. Yeah. I, I, I honestly can't. Now, I do think that that changed to an elected position when the form of government, the city form of government changed from a commission form to a so mayor council form. Uh, and I, I can't answer that question. But well, and, and sorry, not just city court, but even county court clerk or that, that type yeah. of position seems like more of a professional role than a necessarily an elected role. Well, it is. And if you look at, if you look at Metro governments like Davidson County, mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, there are no elected, court clerks or anything like that because it's a different form of government but as i said yeah the county government operates strictly under state law yeah and so that's the way the law has been as as they say that's why we've always done it you know yeah. well that's what yeah. the law is and, and that's the way it is and, yeah. and it really is hard for some people to fully understand that we've got all these elected officials mm-hmm. in the county and they have autonomy to operate their office uh and that's totally opposite, or not totally, it's totally different than what the, the way the city is structured. Yeah. And the way most people would assume it's structured, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that, so that being said, um, going back to the daily activities mm-hmm. of the mayor, so, you, so since you don't oversee these people directly, what is then, what are then are your responsibilities? Well, the... I, you know, I wish I wish I had looked at the definition because <laughs> I, uh, there, there's a manual out that says this is the responsibility of the county mayor and, and the the mayor and I am responsible for the finances of the county. However, there's another caveat. <laughs> uh, if you go into uh, a lot of the most of the rural counties, the county mayor is is very intimately involved with the finances of the county, from writing checks to um, um, doing things like that. Mm-hmm. We, Madison County, went under um, the, the, an act, it's called the 1981 um, Centralized Accounting Act that the state of Tennessee passed. And so we passed that, and before that act, there were, I mean, John Newman may have had a checkbook that he paid his expenses for his office. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And Fred Birmingham, the, the court clerk, may have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Under centralized accounting, we've got one finance department. Mike Nichols is finance director. And that department operates under the Financial Management Committee, nine of us. I'm one of those. And so it's centralized accounting. All, all money is accounted for, budgeted, and paid out of the financial management. So that's a little different than some counties uh, in the sense of the responsibilities of the county mayor. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for the, the, uh, the property of the county. Now, that doesn't mean that I make all the decisions because we have a property committee uh-huh. within the county commission. And, and it's like, the, you know, the, 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 as far as the people who work for me, uh, the guy who is our facilities manager uh, and his couple of guys that work for him and the HR director, department, uh, the risk management. And so it's, but, but those are more administrative kind of functions mm-hmm. versus legislative kind of functions. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I want to, if there is some project I want us to do or something I, direction I want the county to make, I mean, what I have to do, be able to do is convince 13 of those 25 commissioners, this is what we ought to do. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, a very close working relationship with the commissioners. I know them all very well mm-hmm. because, I, I mean, I understand the, the role of this office. And, and so when I want to do something, and I'll give you a prime example. One of the things that we've done since I've been in office that I had a part of uh, that I think is one of the best things to happen to this community, and it was a combination of the city, the county, the hospital, and JEA. When we bought the old Lambeth campus, when Lambeth closed its doors, and located the University of Memphis here. Now, we bought that campus. Mm-hmm. We put $2 million each into buying that. We spent $8 million for that. Mm-hmm. And so on the front end of that process, I could have thought it was the best idea in the world to do that. Mm-hmm. But but I was going to have to convince 13 commissioners that the county, that this is a good use of county funds. And so mm-hmm. uh, at that time, I asked uh, Dale Morton, who was the, uh, he was over the financial management committee. He was county commissioner, great commissioner, had Morton moving his story. And Mark Johnstone was the chairman of the county commission. So I asked them to be with me in the talks when we were trying to get all this put together mm-hmm. because I needed their support. Uh, and we did lots of talking. And so we, we then t- had to go to the county commission for the allocation of funds. Now, there were lots of conversations before that, but the bottom line is that I had to con- convince, I have to convince 13 commissioners. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, go to, I go to probably 90% of the commission, I mean, of the committee meetings that the commission has, and the commission has lots of committees, yeah. had probably 25 committees on, from property to insurance to uh, uh, I mean, excess and resale and just different things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but the, I think it's, it, what, what I look at my responsibility to be is to be the eyes and ears of the county in, the, in what's going on within our community. And so I, I am the conduit between the county commission, the legislative body, mm-hmm. and the goings-ons out here and what's going on so that I can keep them informed on what, What's, what's happening? I mean, it's kind of like the chamber hosts a, about a bi-monthly meeting with the college presidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there this morning. There were, uh, there, were five, there were five college union and 
University of Memphis and Jackson State and the Tech Center and Lane College. And it's just to talk about higher education. And that, that meeting has been very, um, it's been very positive as far as higher education being together in this community on what's going on in their schools and this and that, but also what those schools can do within the county. The chamber hosts a bi-monthly plant managers meeting where we meet, Mayor Gist and I and some of the chamber meet with plant managers. There's as many, there's eight or 10 to 18 plant managers there to talk about what's going on in their business in this community. And it's private, uh, uh, confidential meeting. So they tell us they have any issues. Mm -hmm. So that, so that I can stay abreast so that I can keep commissioners abreast and mm -hmm. just, you know, what's going on there and do we have any issues and things like that. And so that's kind of where I look at, that's one of the main roles that, that, uh, that I am and that is the, 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 the eyes and ears for the county mm -hmm. on the various things going on. All right, well, let's head into a break, and we'll come back and talk about the future of Madison County. So between the Tennessee and Mississippi Rivers, this is our Jackson home. And we're back with our Jackson home this week. I'm joined by Jimmy Harris. He's the Madison County Mayor. Um, now, this is not a fun question to start with, but like when you think about Madison County, what are some of the challenges that we look at as we move to the future? Well, as, as, you know, there's not any given time that there are not challenges for any community. But, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest challenges we have, now this is not specific to county government, but this is specific to our community, Really, all of Western, really all of the United States. One of the issues we've got is our workforce mm -hmm. and our workforce development. Mm -hmm. And we have industry and we have businesses that need and want employees today, and they can't find those employees. And that is that's kind of a scary thing in the sense that uh, we have an industry right now looking at Jackson, Tennessee. Now I can't tell you because I, I don't want to know, but. Yeah. But I do know that it would be about a $300 million investment. Now, it's not a high-employee um, company, but it would be very highly technical company, mm -hmm. and there's a, they would have about 100, 150 employees. My concern is, I mean, we're, we're in the running for this, yeah. but that our workforce and the lack thereof is going to start having a real impact on this. Yeah. It, it, it is now. I'll give you a, an example. Two years ago, we were in a, one of the plant managers meeting we talked about earlier. It was out at Delta Falls that hosted it. There were about 12 plant managers there. And that very day, it was in March of 2015 or 2016, that day between three industries that of the plant managers sitting in there, they needed a, collectively that day 185 employees. And they were struggling to find them. So that's an issue. The chamber's very aware of it. The chamber has a specific workforce development coordinator. Mm -hmm. The school system is aware of it. So everybody's aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I do think we're making strides into helping address that. But that's one of the challenges that potentially could have uh, some impact on our future growth. Now, I say that we, yes, 
But this is this is not just Jackson or Madison County, Tennessee. It is all over Tennessee. It is all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. That is a real challenge for business and industry mm-hmm. is to find and retaining good good employees. Mm-hmm. So that's a challenge that will be ongoing. Yeah. Conversely, what are some of the opportunities that you see for Madison County? Where's, what are things when you think about in Madison County that get you excited? Well, let me tell you. One thing that gets me excited, it's a challenge it's a challenge for this community mm-hmm. but I'm excited about where we're going with it and that's our public school system mm-hmm. we've um, there there is no doubt that we have we have had and still have issues within our public school system mm-hmm. uh, we have lost student population we have lost give or take probably a thousand students over the last 10 to 15 years out of our school system into private schools or into schools in adjoining counties but I do believe, and I am so excited about the superintendent we have in place now, Dr. Eric Jones. Yeah. He is a he is a bright guy. He's been in this school system. He served in this school system. He took JCM through a turnaround, and a lady just told me today he took it from a grade level one to a grade level five in his tenure there. Mm-hmm. He left here, went to Alabama, did the exact same thing with a much larger high school. Uh, and then he worked for a national company, some kind of educational company, where he was kind of in all states uh, on some kind of consulting kind of basis. But my point is, he's very he's very qualified. Mm-hmm. He he's he's got the experience to do it. He grew up in Chester County, so he knows us. He knows our culture. He knows our. And so I am. I, I believe he's one of the superstars we have in our community. And so I'm really, uh, while it is a challenge within our school system to get better outcomes for our kids in education. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Eric Jones is, is a real key to, to accomplishing that. I think our school board we have now, of course, we're about to have uh, five new members of the school mm-hmm. board. But I fully believe that the school board that we will end up, that we have now and will end up with uh, after the election, will see the same thing in Dr. Jones, that he is a leader he does know what he's doing, and I. So I'm excited about. It is a challenge, but I'm excited about what we can look forward to in the future on the improvement in our school system. I agree. We've had Dr. Jones on here, and I just I think the world of him, and um, I just hope the community can help him get what he needs to do whatever he needs to do. You know, when you think about the future of Madison County, what do you what do you see? What are some things you'd like to see in the next couple five ten years? Well, you know, I can't help talk about what to see in the next five or ten without talking about over the about the last twenty to twenty-five years. And, and we we are very fortunate to live in Jackson, Madison County, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And and you know, people have heard it many many times. We're the hub city. Well, we are. If you think about the the workforce we have that is working right now today in Madison County, about sixty percent of them come. Th- from somewhere other than Madison County. Mm-hmm. So these people come from other communities here to work, but they also come here to shop, for entertainment, for sports, and things like that. And so that gives us a growing, thrive, thriving economy. If you think about the commercial uh, expansion of business here over the last 20 years, it's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years ago, the columns didn't exist. The other side of the bypass, it didn't exist. Uh, and so that's all occurred because we do have that 
the, we have a drawing area of give or take about 400, 450,000 people. Yet Madison County is about 98 or 99,000, but we have that trade area. So we have, we have benefited from those people coming in, the sales tax, the expanded tax base because of the expansion of commercial. And the same thing as far as residential. So we've come a long way, and I look for that to mm-hmm. continue to expand. Now, the, well, I guess one c- concern along that way is that because we, we have many, many uh, wonderful um, uh, nationwide businesses, um, uh, regional businesses, but as we say in, in the business, they're bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. They've got a f- storefront. With, it, with the increasing sales on the Internet, Mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna be a real um, question of how is that going to affect the commercial base, not just in Jackson but overall, because yeah. it internet sales are growing substantially every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's one thing that I I think is is a challenge, but we I, I believe we can overcome that. Retail may look a different ten years from now than it looks today, mm-hmm. just because of the change in market conditions. Uh, and the other thing is that that we've been very fortunate on is the expansion of our uh, what I consider an industry, and that is our tourism. Um, if you if you look across Jackson, we've had probably seven eight new hotels be, built here in the last four or five years. Yeah, that means that we've got people that are staying in this community a night or two or a week because. They only hotels only come when they feel like their occupancy rate is going to be. I mean, I, as I understand, on a hotel, eighty percent is a successful occupancy rate, hmm. and so that means that we've got a good, strong tourism trade here. And tourism is good because it doesn't require any more infrastructure than you've already got in place. Yeah. To some extent, now mm-hmm. we, you know the bypass has been expanded. The interstate's going to be expanded because of the growth in travel and tourism over the last 20 25 years and so in that respect but it cost does not cost us anything if if a family traveling through here pulls off that interstate comes in and has dinner at at uh, Rafferty's and spends 80 bucks in our community buys a tank of gas and leaves that didn't cost us anything there, but we got the benefit of their sales tax that stays in this community. So yeah. that's an exciting kind of thing, I yeah. think. And I think we will continue to grow. May, as I said, it may look a little different, but I think we'll still grow in that area. Yeah. Well, Mayor Harris, thank you so much for making the time uh, to join us. And, and thank you for you know choosing to call Jackson home and, and make, it, uh, make it a better place. It's a, great place. it's a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Absolutely. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit ourjacksonhome.com.